Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Hello, everyone. This is the Life Coach Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio, and I'm delighted to have with us today as our guest, iconic international motivational speaker, Ava Diamond. I'm your host, Jan Jaffe. Welcome to In-Depth. Ava Diamond has been sharing her wisdom since she was seven years old when she taught school in her, in her garage to five neighbor children she bribed to be her students. She draws on her 19 years as a speaker to help her clients laser focus their message, craft their signature talk, and deliver it in a way that impacts their audience and moves them to action. She's passionate about helping business owners rock their speaking so they expand their influence and reach, become known as the go-to expert in their field, and easily get all the clients they want. I'm so excited to have Ava Diamond with me today as my guest on the show. Welcome, Ava. Thanks, Jan. I'm thrilled to be here. And I am so thrilled as well to have you here. The number here is 646-716-9397. We welcome your calls, questions, comments, and contribution to the discussion. We really love your participation. So again, the number is 646-716-9397. Ava, first of all, I just want to say what a treat it is to have you here on the show today as a guest. Um, Would you mind telling us a little bit about your personal story and how you got into motivational speaking? Sure. Um, as, As you said in my introduction, I've been doing this in one way or another my whole life, from having the school in my garage when I was teaching kids to make macaroni necklaces and write their name and tie their shoes. And then I was in the third grade. I I was one of those kids who was really smart and finished their work fast, and then I'd start getting in trouble because I was bored. So what they did was they decided to have me be almost like a teacher's aide. In our elementary school, we had a um, a class of children who had Down syndrome and other mental challenges, and they would send me in there to work with that teacher just to keep me out of trouble. And then I became a high school teacher when I graduated from college my first four years. So I just kept doing the same thing but doing it differently. After I taught high school for four years, I was a trainer and consultant in corporate America, and I worked for a Fortune 100 company for about 10 years. And the first seven years were really awesome. I was in human resources and organization development. I was doing a lot of leadership development and organizational consulting, and it was fabulous. But the last three years I was there, we as a company were shrinking. And as an HR leader, part of my job was to lay people off. And 
every quarter for three years, we were laying people off. And I'll never forget one Friday afternoon, it was raining, and I woke up, and I knew I was going to have to go in and lay off some people that day, a couple of whom were close friends of mine in the company. And I just laid there, and I said, I just can't do this anymore. I I cannot. It's it's killing my soul. I'm I'm getting so depressed. I hate going to work. I I just can't do this. I'm I'm going to have to leave. And I had wanted to start my own business for a few years, but I was terrified because I didn't think I had the self-discipline to work for myself and I had no idea how to sell or get clients or any of that. I'd always worked for a big corporation. But I knew that if I kept on the path I was on, I I was really depressed to the point of suicidal. I could not do that anymore. So I left. I gave my notice, and I left. And I was able to get my first two clients from people that I knew. And then I had to figure out, well, how do you get clients? You know, how do you, how do you like, get people in so you can help them? And what I rapidly figured out was that if I went and spoke somewhere, like at an association meeting or a networking meeting or something like that, if I went and spoke, say, on leadership, then people in that audience would want me to come into their company to speak on leadership or do training on leadership. So for me, my speaking really started with consulting and training in a corporate environment And then I went out on my own doing consulting and training. And then about 14 years ago, I learned about the speaking industry through the National Speakers Association. So about 14 years ago, I added speaking to the consulting and training I was already doing. So I've been in business about 20 years, and it's it's that combination of speaking and training and consulting. Wow. So speaking and training and consulting. And um I mean this just sounds so impressive, just this road that you that you traveled. And um first of all, I mean just the fact that you recognized um how much it was affecting you negatively. Uh, laying people off, laying off your friends and and feeling realizing and recognizing that this was not a path that you chose to travel and that you you recognized your strengths and your weaknesses and went off to create what you you know what you felt would um would serve you and 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 fuel a passion inside of you so um one of the things i wanted to talk about with you was the mindset that you that you were able to tap into and and how you how you discovered that, how you fueled that, and uh, because you said you didn't know if you had the ability to work on your own to create this this uh, this thing that you wanted to create because in the past you'd always worked for someone else. So I'm curious about the mindset that you uh, embodied and how you how you did that. Well. One thing I know for sure is that your mindset drives your behavior and your behavior drives your results. So for me, I knew that all true change starts at the level of mindset. 
And so I also knew that if I was going to let fear run me, like, oh, my God, I don't know how to get clients. Oh, my God, I don't know how to be in business for myself. When I started my business, I didn't even have a computer. And not only that, I didn't have the money to buy a computer. A friend of mine loaned me a computer until I could get some clients going and um, and buy a computer. Because back when I started my business 20 years ago, computers were expensive. It would cost you about $2,500 to buy a desktop computer. And I didn't really have $2,500 because when I left digital – uh, the company I worked for, I went and ran a nonprofit for a year. So I took a $30,000 pay cut and ran a nonprofit Meals on Wheels program for people with AIDS when I lived in Atlanta. And so I had had a year of living kind of frugally and didn't have a lot of money to throw around to start this new business. So, so I was bootstrapping it. So I knew nothing and I had nothing and I was going to start this business. But I knew... Like, I knew that I had this drive to serve, and I knew what I had to offer the world. Like, I knew that I was really good at what I did, at at helping companies create cultures where employees could be successful, at growing leaders. I mean, I knew I was awesome at that. So what I had to do was say, okay, what am I good at? You know, I'm good at delivering organizational consulting, at building cultures, at building leaders, at engaging employees. I'm really good at that. Now, what am I not so great at? Well, I'm not so great at marketing and sales. So that's an area I'm going to have to develop. So I can let that defeat me, or I can say growth opportunity. And, and I had to build those skills. You can't build a business without building those skills. So I really had to, I mean, I used the basics, you know, visualization, affirmations, shifting my belief system, and knowing what my path was. It's really important to me to know what I want. And because of my spiritual belief system, I believe that it's my job to get super, super clear on the what, even if I don't know the how, and that through the power of my belief and using visualization and affirmation and the other mindset tools that are available to me, the universe sort of provides the how along the way. I stumble into the right people. I stumble across the right learning opportunities. I wind up in the right place at the right time. I don't always know the whole path, but I know the next Step. And and I call that, when I talk to my clients, I call that the turn-on-your-headlights approach. So, for example, <laughs> if I were driving from where I live in Colorado to California, I can't see California, right? I can't really see the end of my destination. And if it's at night, I see even less. If it's at night and I turn on my headlights, I see, depending on which model anywhere from 130 to 200 feet ahead of me and I'm not sitting there going oh my god oh my god oh my god the world's going to end at the end of that 130 feet I'm going to trust that when I get to the end of that 130 feet the next 130 feet is illuminated and the next 130 feet all the way from Colorado to California 
I think that's how I built my business. I said, okay, I will do what I can see in front of me. And by the time I get to that point, I will have grown enough that I will know the next thing to do, and I will do that. Wow. So that's, I mean, what a great, talk about mind. That is a great mindset. So what you're, what you're basically saying is, first of all, um, assess your strengths and assess your weaknesses. And um, instead of looking at your weaknesses as um, a negative or a liability, you really you you can reframe and realize that these are opportunities for growth, and and that it's for you it's what you found that it's very clear to get on what you want, even if you don't know how. So basically, it's it's to know what results down the road you want to have, what it is you want, what your goals are. And then um, by, by you know, getting into the process and always being involved in the process, that is, like you said, the headlights, turning on your headlights approach. It's knowing what it is that you want and focusing on the steps and the processes and the growth opportunities to get there. And that also ha- that having this this right mindset of kind of not letting fear get in your way, not being crippled by fear, but being excited about this process and this outcome that you're working toward. And it's always this growth mindset that you will attract um, the things if you're working towards what it is that you that you want and this and growing that you then you find as you said the universe just puts things there you're attracting what it is that you want so that you are um and using visualizations and affirmations um and I loved also what you said about that the mindset or having the right thoughts um then drives behavior and then brings about results so it's thoughts or mindset, uh, and then action or behavior, and then that gets you. That is the process, this constant process that gets you to the results or the what that you, that, that you want or that you're, you get super clear on. So is, is that kind of an accurate way of, of summarizing what you just said? Yeah, I think that's a great summary because I was going kind of stream of consciousness And I think, too, you know, we move toward what we focus on. So Mm. if we're focused on our strengths and where we want to go, then our trajectory is moving us in that direction. Now, back then, my areas of weakness, I felt like I had to learn how to do them and get them done. Now I just outsource it. You know, stuff I'm not good at, I hire out. Back then, I was bootstrapping, and I didn't have any resources and funds to do that. But but as a business owner, I'm not going to waste my time doing stuff that isn't in my genius. Now, now let me let me qualify that a little bit. That doesn't mean if there's a new area in leadership development, for example, I'm going to learn all about that. But I don't do Infusionsoft, you know. Infusionsoft mm-hmm. is my email thing and, and contact thing. I, don't, I couldn't explain it to you. I have a virtual assistant who does that for me. 
I don't want to learn how to put my blogs on my website. You know, that's just too much brain damage for me. I pay somebody to do that. It's like that kind of stuff, even though they're my weaknesses, they're not important enough for me to learn how to do it when I could outsource it to somebody and stay in my own zone of genius. Because that, for me, having to learn that kind of stuff, it's a, it's a bunny trail or a rabbit trail or whatever they call it. It's a waste of my time. So if there's something that is in someone else's zone of genius that I can outsource, I will do that. If it's something that I need to learn that's in my zone of genius, you know, in the lane I'm playing in, I mostly speak on leadership, employee engagement, and women's success. And then I do speech coaching for women entrepreneurs. So I will learn everything there is to learn in that realm. But mm. the stuff that isn't my isn't in my zone of genius and I can outsource, I will outsource. Oh, I love the way you describe that. And that really, I think, is helpful for a lot of entrepreneurs because we often, and in the beginning we are bootstrapping, but we often feel that we're supposed to know everything and it becomes not only overwhelming, but it also becomes um, a way that we kick ourselves. <laughs> you know, we, we kind of beat ourselves up. It's like, oh, my God, I'm not good at this, but I know this other coach or this other entrepreneur who who put together a fabulous website. Well, you know, it's not necessarily, um, you know, we're, if we were selling ourselves as a, as a website builder, um, that might be really, that obviously would be very, very important. But if your expertise is, you know, just like you mentioned, um, motivational speaking for, for women and, and, um, and leadership, then it's, it's not, you know, to spend a lot of time and energy and stress over trying to build your own website is not necessarily uh, going to serve anybody. And, in fact, it dis- can destroy our own sense of self-worth and self-esteem and cause us to beat ourselves up. So, um, and, and like you said, that can, um, when you're trying to do things that are not in our zone of genius, we can just end up uh, in a rabbit hole. So um, I really I really love the way you put that, and I think that will take a lot of pressure off of people who may be listening and thinking they have to be experts in absolutely everything that, that relates to their business. So um, you've already mentioned why it's criti- you really feel that it's critical for entrepreneurs to get out and speak. And... Um, and you know, I'm I'm wondering, I mean, is there anything else you want to say about that for business owners? Yeah, I think if you are a business owner, now if you have a brick-and-mortar business, this probably isn't as important to you. You know, if you have a women's boutique or, or a quick print company, this probably isn't as relevant for you. But if you are, have a service-based business, this is absolutely a message that is critical for you. You absolutely need to get out and speak. And and there are several reasons why this is important as a service-based business owner. One is it sets you up as the undisputed authority on your topic. For example, if you are a business owner who helps people with their search engine optimization, 
you know, you help people get found online. That's that's your thing that you do. You do coaching in that. You help people with that. You help them with their websites. Well, if you get out and start speaking on that, let's say you're speaking to an audience of 50 people and you've been selected to be the speaker and you're talking about how to optimize your findability and optimize your um, ability to be found online, then you become the undisputed authority on that topic by standing in front of that room. And also, the second thing, if you're speaking to the right audience, and you shouldn't be speaking unless you're speaking to the right audience, then you're speaking to an audience of your ideal target market. So these are the people who most need what you have to offer. And, you know, in their day-to-day life, they're hit with, you know, zillions of emails and Facebook messages and sales messages bombarding them all day long. But when you're in front of that room, if you're a compelling speaker with a powerful message, they are 100% focused on you with no distractions for that 30 or 45 or 60 minutes that you're in front of them. That is priceless. And, and, you know, we all know that people buy from people that they know, like, and trust. I went to a podiatrist two weeks ago mm-hmm. and literally walked out of the man's office within 10 minutes saying, you know what, we're not a good fit. I didn't like him, I didn't trust him, and I was out of there. And I found another podiatrist that I went to last week that I love. He was fabulous. He explained stuff to me. I knew he would be a partner in my health care. I like him. I trust him. And I'm probably 80% better in a week than I have been in months. So we buy from people we know, like, and trust. So the third reason is being in front of that room, letting people experience you, Build that know me, like me, trust me factor faster than anything else. And I love Joelcom is an internet marketer, and I love what he added to the know me, like me, trust me. He says, know me, like me, trust me, pay me. And you, <laughs> as a business owner, you want to get paid, right? And so you're building relationships. So they might not write you a check that day. They might not sign up for your program that day. But you're building a relationship with them so that when they are looking for your service, you are who comes to mind for them because they know you, they like you, they trust you. It also, speaking in front of the room, gives you an opportunity, and this is my fourth point, to sell without being salesy or pushy. So there's ways of constructing a speech so that you're selling without selling, so that at the end of your speech, people are dying to work with you. They're lining up to work with you, but they don't feel sold to because we all know people don't want to be sold to, but they want to buy. I think it was Jeffrey Gittimer that said that. People don't want to be sold to, but they want to buy. So we have to craft our speech in a way that enables them to make the decision and say yes to themselves so that they buy. And then my fifth and last reason is, you know, many of us who have service-based businesses, we do strategy sessions or free samples or whatever we call those 30-minute calls where we 
basically give people an opportunity to connect with us, see if we can serve them in some way, and then offer them a program. Well, we talk to a lot of people who really aren't our best prospects, who don't buy, and so that takes a huge amount of time. Think about if you could talk to a room of 50 people, instead of that being 25 hours, because 50 people times half an hour apiece for a strategy session, instead of that being 25 hours, in one hour you've spoken to 50 people, then you can make an offer of a strategy session at the end of the talk And only people who are truly interested because they have gotten a chance to know you will take you up on that, and then your closing ratio will go up dramatically because, you know, instead of spending 25 hours, maybe you're talking to the 10 people who are really interested in you, and you're spending five hours. So it's a huge way to better utilize your time talking to qualified and interested prospects instead of just really wasting your time with people who are not going to buy. Oh wow, absolutely. I mean, this is so helpful. You are you know, you are an excellent speaker. I mean, it it you're very very clear and you were mentioned before it was stream of consciousness consciousness and I I certainly wish I had stream of consciousness like you. You're oh, very clear. You. <laughs> but it you know, you you make that make some very very clear points here. And, um, you know, the fact that, um, well, I'm not going to go through them again, but what I'm curious about, and um, I'd love to get back to this uh, right after, I have to take a little break for a message, but um, about how people can improve their their speaking, their public speaking, especially when people have a lot of fear around, you know, for a lot of people, getting up in front of a group of people to speak is one of the great fears in life. So um, we'll get back to that in just a moment. Um, but here on the Life Coach Radio Networks, we're proud to have as our sponsor Audible.com. Audible.com is the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the Internet, offering customers a new way to enhance and enrich their lives every day. Audible is the preeminent provider of spoken word audio products, which include more than 100,000 audio programs from more than 1,800 content providers. Receive a free audio book with your 30-day trial when you sign up with Audible today at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. Now, here are some audible books related to today's topic. The Motivation Manifesto, written and narrated by Brendan Burchard. Daily Self-Discipline, Everyday Habits and Exercises to Build Self-Discipline and Achieve Your Goals, written by Martin Meadows. The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Powerful Lessons in Personal Change, written and narrated by Stephen R. Covey. So don't forget to sign up for a one-month free trial to get your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. Audible.com, making listening a tool for life. And now, back to our show. So, Ava, um, back to that question. Um, 
what, how about people, um, or what would you say to someone who has a strong fear of speaking in front of a group? I think that people who have that fear very often are making one of the biggest mistakes you can make as a speaker, and that's thinking it's about them. See, it's not, if you're going out to get in front of a room of people, it's not about you. It's about your audience and how you can serve them. So let's let's unpack this a little bit. Let's say, well, let's say for me, I do speech coaching for entrepreneurs who want to get out and promote their service-based businesses. So if I look at what is keeping those business owners up at night, it's usually they don't have enough clients and they don't have enough money, and they're kind of freaking out about it, and that's what's keeping them awake at night. And so the way I can help them is that I can help them learn how to get up in front of the room and speak so they can get more clients, make more money, and have a bigger impact. Now, if I make it about me and and I have to be perfect, then I'm going to be fearful. If I make it about the audience and and know that, you know, these people are really struggling with this, I can really help them. So the only reason I am up in front of that room is to help them solve their biggest problem, the one that's making their life not great, the one that's making them fearful, the one that's keeping them up at night. And if I share what I know with them, I can really help them. They can make a shift so that they can get more clients and make more money. So if I know the only reason I'm in front of that room is to help those people in front of me, then it's not about me, and I don't have to be scared because, like, how can I screw that up, right? I mean, I know my stuff. I can help them. I'm just there to share what I can share with them to help them solve their problem. Where people get really hung up is they make it about them. So they feel like when they get up in front of the room, they have to be perfect. They can't make a mistake. What if they forget what they were going to say? Well, you know, if you take the focus off of you and you put the focus on helping those people who are sitting in front of you, sitting in those chairs, looking at you, just hoping you can help them solve that problem, then 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 you being there is just a gift. You being there is a service to those people. You being there is not a show. It's not a performance. It's not something you have to be perfect at. It's a way for you to deliver a solution to the people who need it the most. So So I think the biggest way to move through fear is to realize that it's not about you, but it's about your audience and how you can serve them. Now, there's also lots of little tips and techniques that you can do to sort of calm your nerves and make yourself less scared, But and, and that's all great, and I can share some of those with you, but none of them is nearly as powerful as knowing 
that it's about how you can serve those people and it's not about you. Wow, that is some really great information. And um, one of the things that, that um, one of the questions that I have, because um, I hear this from other people and I've also dealt with it myself, is that feeling, or just in other aspects of my life, or just in, that singers, for example, uh, deal with, is this imposter syndrome. I think that everybody's heard about that sense that oh my gosh I'm a fraud. That's sort of that's sort of tied into confidence. And I mean, you mentioned so many great things. Um, and one of the ways I know that when I work with singers, it's about where you place your focus. And you talked about taking the focus off of you and placing it on how you can help or serve your audience. But again, it it boils down to uh, having this confidence that you have something that you can help people with. So how would you address that with someone that you're working with um, when it comes to imposter syndrome or a sense of confidence in, in, in that you have something that you can help your, that you can serve your audience with, or that you can deliver a message that you can deliver uh, or that you can deliver a solution, as you said, to people who need it the most? I'll answer that in two ways. I'll start with a story, and then um, I'll give a more concrete answer. Many, many years ago, I still live in Atlanta, so it was probably maybe 22 years ago, I was doing a session for the president of the First National Bank of Atlanta and all of his direct reports, and I had never worked that high in an organization before. And so I walk into this bank, and it's really intimidating. You know, they have, like, the foot-deep carpet, you know, that you walk through, and the mahogany walls. And I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing here? I mean, imposter syndrome for days. I had never worked with this high of an executive team, and I was terrified. And I felt like I was going to puke. And I went in the bathroom, and something, you know, I was the only one in there. And I, like, looked at myself in the mirror And something possessed me to say, you are the right person at the right place at the right time to be delivering this particular message, or God would have sent somebody else. Mm. And somehow I found that comforting. And I'll tell you what, I have done that before every speech for the last 22 years. I just go in the bathroom. If there's no one in there, I say it out loud. If there's someone else in there, I just say it in my own little mind. And I say, you are the right person at the right place at the right time to be delivering this message, or God would have sent somebody else. And I truly believe that. So so that's one way of answering that question. The other way of answering that question is, I heard David Nagel say one time that to every third grader, a fourth grader is a god. So in other <laughs> words, you might not know everything there is to know on your topic. Nobody does. The world is changing too fast. We can never know everything. But there are people who really need what we know. So we're the fourth grader, and there's a lot of first, second, and third graders in the world. You know, there's also a lot of seniors in high school. So, so you know, your perfect audience is the people who need what you know and what you have to offer. You know, am I going to be the speech coach for someone doing a $100,000 a year keynote? I'm not. 
I've never done a hundred thousand dollar a hundred thousand dollar keynote, not a hundred thousand dollar a year. I've never mm-hmm. done a hundred thousand dollar keynote. So I'm not the right speech coach for someone like that. I'm more the right speech coach for someone who's in the up to ten thousand dollar for a keynote range. So I'm not going to feel bad because I can't serve those people who are getting $100,000 for a keynote. I know what I can do to serve my perfect clients. Every business owner should know who their perfect client is that they can serve where they are right now. As you grow, your clients will grow. But there's lots of people who are dying for whatever it is you know that will help them solve a problem. So the fact that you don't know everything doesn't matter. You know what your ideal clients need you to know. And and you're doing them a disservice if you don't help them solve their problems. Wow. You know what you just said. It's that's that's that really is such a great solution to um, or or a way of dealing with imposter syndrome. And I feel really revved up just listening to you. Uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm curious, uh, first of all, a, a couple, I have so many questions. We won't even have enough time for all of them. But you had mentioned before you had some tricks and tools, I think is how you may have put it, um, for um, – for how to get through, I'm trying to remember how you put that, um, but ways of of either improving your speech or how, what were you, please help me with this, um, but you said you had some tricks and tools when it came to, um, you know, confidence and um, and how you can focus more. Yeah, I, what I mentioned was there are some tips and tricks for helping you get over fear when you Uh, get on stage. And that's a little bit different than tips and tricks on how to be a great speaker, and I can speak to both. So let's start with the fear thing. So one of of them, of course, is that mindset. It's knowing that you are there to serve those people and help them solve the problems that are just tormenting them, that are keeping them up at night. And and no one cares if you make a mistake. Let Let me tell you two things that have happened to me. One thing that happened to me is I end one, I have this speech called Is Your Butt Too Big? Butt is B-U-T. How to Get Out of Your Own Way and Power Up Your Success. And it ends with a rap song. And so I did what you should never do. I, I did this speech for the first time in front of a very important audience, which you should never do. You try out your stuff with audiences that are not as critical. But I was doing this speech for the first time in front of probably 200 meeting planners that could hire me for their clients. And when I do this rap song, I wear a backwards studded baseball cap and this big, huge, blingy necklace with a big crystal hanging off the end and um, sunglasses. And apparently I had bought sunglasses that were too dark. And I couldn't really see the end of the stage really well. So I'm doing this rap song, and I literally fell off the stage. Now, I was lucky, and I landed on my feet, and I just, you know, stopped for a second and, like, got my balance and kept on with the rap song, and it ended up with a standing ovation. But my point is this. Can you think of anything worse than falling off the stage in front of a high-stakes audience? My life didn't end. Fortunately, I didn't hurt myself. 
Um, and, and life went on. The second terrible experience, you could call it terrible, was about three or four years ago, I was keynoting a conference that Jack Canfield, the chicken soup from the soul guy, was keynoting. Mm. So he did the closing keynote the first day. I was the closing keynote the second day. Now, I don't know about you, but that was a big deal in Ava world. That kind mm-hmm. of opportunity mm-hmm. doesn't come across for me every day. So I'm doing my butt too big speech, which is one of my favorite speeches, done it a thousand times, and one of the stories in this speech is a story about my mother at LaGuardia Airport, and it's really funny, and I use my New York accent, and I really get into telling it, and I sort of came out the other end of the story, totally forgot where I was in my speech. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to say. Like I just, It was like I had awakened from a dream. I had no idea where I was. And I just said to the audience, what was I talking about before I told you that story about my mother? And they told me what I was talking about. And I'm like, oh, okay, now I did have notes over on the table on the stage. So I could have walked over there and looked. But I just asked the audience, you know, I was like, God, I got so into telling you that story. I totally forgot where I am in my speech. What was I talking about before that? And they told me and I got back on track. So those kind of, I tell you those two stories for this reason. People tend to be terrified about things like, what if I lose my place? What if I forget to mention something? What if I say a word wrong? You know, what if I, it doesn't matter. The audience doesn't care. They don't want you to be perfect. They want you to be authentic. I think that almost humanizes you for them. Instead of becoming a sage on the stage, you become a human being who's sharing some powerful information with them. So I think you have to get your own perfectionism behind you because you're never going to be perfect, and if you are, they probably won't like you as much. So don't, don't worry about it. Um, in terms of techniques, you know, when I get on stage, I do a couple of things. First of all, I get on stage and, and take a moment. Like this sounds like it takes forever but it takes a nanosecond. I get on stage, I ground myself. I almost envision like roots growing from my feet down into the stage. I take a couple of deep breaths. I smile and make eye contact with the audience. And then this is kind of weird to me, probably unique to me, but I envision my heart connecting with every heart in the audience, almost like string going from my heart to every heart in the audience because it makes me feel connected to the audience. Now, again, that sounds like it takes a long time. You know, you walk to the stage, you ground yourself, you take a couple of breaths, you smile at the audience, you connect with their hearts. It takes a nanosecond. I mean, you just kind of get up there, you ground yourself, you smile, you take that couple of deep breaths. And the other thing, by taking that moment, it it really is just a moment. It makes the audience almost lean in. They're like you're standing there, you're smiling at them, and they're just waiting for you to open your mouth and say something to them. So it makes them like lean in and anticipate you. Now, some people like to really, really relax before a speech. And for those people who really need to to sort of calm down their hyperness, 
I tell them, you know, bring some new age music or something on an iPod and listen to it for a few minutes before you go in the room. That doesn't work for me. I want to be energized. So, like, I'm listening to jamming tunes before I go in there <laughs> so that when I go in there, I'm, like, really high energy, which is which is how I want to be on stage and, and as I'm walking around before. The other thing you can do to make you more comfortable if you're fearful is, I tend to see the meeting room, whatever that is, whether I'm speaking to a 1,000 people or 25 people, I see the meeting room as sort of like my party. And these are my guests. And it's my job to make my guests feel comfortable. So I'm always there way, way early. And as people filter into the room, I'm saying hello and I'm shaking their hand and I'm chatting them up a little bit and I'm meeting as many people as I can. It does two things. First of all, it makes them feel welcome and connected. And second of all, then when I get on stage, I have like all these little buddies in the audience that are rooting for mm. me, you know, because now they feel like they know the speaker. So they, they, they're like your little buddies in the audience. I find that really helpful, particularly when I have a huge audience. It's nice to have met some people. And here's the last tip I have just because of our time. I could go on forever, but I'll give you one more. Uh, oh, and I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, you were talking about the meeting room and and yeah, getting and the, there and early. Yeah, my party. But eye contact is so important. Mm-hmm. You know, you a lot of people do. I they they know they have to connect with the whole room, so they do it like a sprinkler head. You know, like moves back mm. and forth, and you're not really connecting with anyone. What you want to do is like connect with someone and make eye contact with them and deliver a phrase or a sentence. Then move to someone else and deliver a phrase or a sentence. Then move to someone else in another part of the room and deliver a phrase or sentence so that you're constantly connecting with people. You're getting out of your own head and you're connecting with them, and that also makes the audience feel like you're talking directly to them. Oh, that's excellent. That really is excellent because that also would, I would think that would also serve everything that you've mentioned here about getting there, greeting people. You have your buddies in the audience. When If people have this sort of stage fright, which many of us have, um, that would help to alleviate some of that. And aside from building that connection with the audience and having them be your friends, it also helps the speaker feel more comfortable as though, you know, they are speaking to people who they've already connected to. So it's not just, doesn't just serve um, the connection with the audience when it comes to having them listen to you and be connected to you. It's also great for the speaker because it can make the speaker feel more connected and more at ease. So, um, yeah, because you have to realize you're giving them a gift. I mean, you're being there on stage, you are giving them a gift. You're giving them a solution to a problem that they're struggling with. So act like it. You know, act like you're excited to be there. Act like you are thrilled to be sharing this gift with them. Because if you're not excited to be there and you're not thrilled to be sharing this gift with them, then you probably shouldn't be there. And part of that is you have to prepare You know, you have to know your stuff. You have to practice. So I'm saying you don't have to be perfect, but that doesn't mean you don't have to know your stuff and be awesome. 
You do have to know your stuff and be awesome. You have to have a very well-constructed speech. You have to be clear. You have to give them great information. If you're selling something, you have to have a speech that is constructed in a way that they want to buy and that you're not being salesy. I mean, there's a lot that goes into preparing to be awesome before you ever get into that room. Mm. So, and of course, I mean, that could be a whole other show, but also people could work with you or someone like you to learn how to do that. Um, I just have one other quick question because that would take, I don't know, I mean, I would think that that would take quite a while for us to get into how one goes about preparing that that speech. But um, quickly, I just, because because of time, I'm just wondering, how can people get speaking gigs? And, you know, is there some sort of secret to that? You know, there's not some kind of secret, and it really depends on what kind of speaking they want to do. If, they, if, if you've never really gotten in front of an audience and you're just beginning, start with local networking groups that will have audiences of your ideal clients. For example, here in Boulder, Colorado, um, Tommy Wolf has a meetup group that routinely gets 100 business owners a month to her meetup group. That would be the perfect place for a business owner to speak. You know, look at if who is your ideal client and where do they gather that need speakers. Now, you have to decide. I mean, there's two different kinds of speaking, and I do both, actually. So there's like the paid speech where you go, you speak for an hour, they write you a big check. I love that. And that's where I do my leadership, employee engagement, women's success. That's the model I use. That's the paid speech model. I go, I speak for an hour, they pay me thousands of dollars, I go home, we're all happy. Now, the other model is where you're speaking to sell. So that's the model I use when, I, when I'm speaking to groups of business owners or entrepreneurs about how do you speaking to grow their business? Because what I'm doing is I'm speaking to sell them into either an online program or coaching with me or whatever it is that I'm there to offer them. That's a whole different kind of speech. In that case, I'm generally not getting paid, and I'm generally selling something. And depending on where I'm speaking, I may even be splitting the proceeds of what I sell with the event host, depending on what kind of event it is. So if you're looking for paid speaking gigs and you're looking at corporations and associations and and Google is your best friend there, if you're looking at speaking to sell opportunities, then you're looking at where are my ideal clients, where do they gather, what kind of events are there that they will be attending that use speakers, and how can I reach out to those people and let them know who I am and what I offer. And again, when you reach out to them, I offer my clients a script, because when, when you reach out to them, you don't want to say, here's who I am, and here's you know how great I am, and here's what I do. No, you want to say, you know, I understand that that your audience is struggling with this, and, and what would it be like if, if I could offer a program that would help them with this, this, and this so that they could this? 
and then that person is interested, and then they're interested in finding out about you, but they're more interested in how you can help their people. So you want to lead with that. Oh, that's excellent. I mean, that is just, that's so clear, and that is so amazingly helpful. I would... We're we're you know we're getting we're getting close to the end of the show and I would so love to have you back I don't know let's let's talk about that because I would you know I would maybe we can we can have a conversation about that one about um, you know having you come back on the show but we're you know it's just such, been such a wonderful and informative show today I'm I'm just I'm this has been so great and I'm so excited and revved up by this conversation and I would imagine our listening audience is uh as well. So we're about at the end of the show and I so want to thank my fabulous guest Ava Diamond for being on the show today. It's been such a delight for me. I'm Jan Jaffe and it has been my privilege to have been your host today and I'd like to offer our listeners a free 30-minute discovery and strategy session. But for any more information about me, you can email me at info at forwardtosuccess.com. And to find out more about Ava, visit her at bigimpactspeaking.com. You can download, um, well, maybe you want to speak about this yourself, Ava. Uh, You can also email her at ava at bigimpactspeaking.com. Now, you're invited to share any comments or feedback on our website, lifecoachradionetworks.com. And in addition to my solo interview show, I also host Think Tank, a roundtable discussion. And I would be delighted if you would join us for the next episode of Think Tank on April 27th at 12 noon Eastern. Ava, would you care to share any closing thoughts, comments, uh, website or contact information with our listening audience? That would be great. You know, and I think what I'd like to offer them is a free special report slash ebook on um, 12 ways, 12 steps to being a kick-ass speaker and one thing mm-hmm. you should never do. And I put this together. I think it's a great download. It's absolutely free. And here is the website or here is the URL. It's um Big dash impact dash speaking dot com. My normal website is just regular big impact speaking dot com, but this download has dashes. So big dash impact dash speaking dot com backslash kick ass. And you are welcome to download that ebook. There's lots of valuable information in there, and I would love for you to have it. If you want to reach out to me, it's just Ava at big impact speaking dot com. Oh, thank you, Ava. I'm certainly going to um, going to look for your and and get your uh, this this free gift. Uh, so again, that's big dash impact dash speaking dot com backslash kickass. And I highly, highly recommend it. Ava is just she is her she is an absolute rock star. So thank, thank you, you so, so much. much, Ava. <laughs> and thank you for and being on the show today. Thank you. And we do have to share one little piece of information with your listeners, and that is that Jan and I have known each other since we were small children. So (laughs) our relationship goes back a lot of decades. A very, very long way. We used to, I remember walking, I don't know if you remember this, but I do remember uh, walking home from school with you. So (laughs) we do go back quite a while. So yeah, it's been a long time. (laughs) 
Absolutely. You know, I've so enjoyed having you with us. It has been such a treat for me. And I want to and remind our listeners. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Ava. Really, thank you. And I want to remind our listeners that all of our contact and bio information is listed in today's show description on blogtalkradio.com. Now, I'm just going to take a quick moment to announce a few of our upcoming shows. Ava, please be patient. Okay. <laughs> on this. Uh, thanks. On this, the Life Coach Radio Network, um, on April 16th at 10 a.m., The Audacity to Shine. On April 17th at 9 p.m., Mark My Words with Certified Life and Business Coach, the fabulous Mark Shaw. And on April 20th at 12 noon, A Physical Therapist Perspective, Why Movement Leads to Long and Healthy Life. So I again want to thank my wonderful friend and guest, Ava Diamond, for joining me today and making this show a very, very special one. Thank you thank for you listening. Thank you so much for having me, Jan. Oh, thank you, Ava. Again, it's been such a treat for me and I'm sure for our listeners. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Goodbye. Bye-bye now.